What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Night Shift. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hernandez. And today, I got my boy Kyle on the show. What's up, Kyle? How you doing? Good, good. How we doing, Zach? Doing well. Glad to have you back on. It's been a while. Always always a pleasure to have you on the show. <clears throat> um, So we got a couple things that we want to talk about today. Obviously, we're in the midst of the NBA playoffs, so we got a lot of things going on. And um, I think the biggest thing in the news that a lot of us know about as of this moment now is that Draymond Green is suspended for Game 3, um, the first home game for the Warriors in this series. Game 3 going into their house, Chase Center, down 0-2 to the Sacramento Kings. And they will be without Draymond Green in that game. And that's obviously kind of a controversy right now. Um, me as a Warrior fan, I'm definitely not too happy i'll get into that but i want to know your opinions how you feel about just the whole situation the whole sabonis stomp i guess the sabonis stomp i mean we <laughs> had the zaza kick a couple years ago against Kawhi. now we got the sabonis stomp um i mean draymond's draymond i what else are you gonna say draymond's a wild character he's a wild player he plays you know outside of the bounds sometimes and i i know the league kind of cited, you know, it wasn't exactly four stepping on the thing as opposed to as maybe a worksheet or, you know, a architect of everything that Draymond's done throughout the time. So, I mean, it, it is the league and Adam Silver maybe trying to gain control of a situation a little bit. I know there's been a whole bunch of smoke thrown around about Zabonis, you know, maybe grabbing at that ankle. From me, what I look at from an outside perspective, it looked like he was trying to protect his face. Ankle got caught up. It looked like Draymond did do a little more of a step than, you know, I'm going to try and place my foot. It looked more of a, I'm going to exaggerate this. Um, I don't know if a game for the stomp is warranted, but if you go by, you know, what the league said, taking in everything to consideration, how Draymond reacted with the fans, I mean, Let's also look at that in a league where we have players kicking fans out for, you know, saying things here or there. You have Kyrie calling people out every game, Draymond going and using profanity that the national broadcast caught towards the fans and kind of inciting fans. At the same point, I think the league had to intervene and step in at some point. Okay, so I... The whole and that's that's a part that a lot of people are kind of leaving out is the whole the the aftermath the the fan situation because that was a little strange from Draymond. We all know we've seen Draymond do it before, um, getting into it with the fans. He's yelling, they're yelling back, cuss words going all over the place. Um, but as for the the play itself, I think it's a tad bit. I guess actually more than a tad bit. I think it's very overblown. I think that. From what I see in that video, when I see Sabonis yank on Clay, but then end up on the ground, and then Draymond's caught up in it, Draymond takes a step, Sabonis is locked on his ankle, and Draymond doesn't have anywhere to go with that foot. He can't, when, when someone's grabbing your leg, you lose your balance, you don't know where your foot's going to go. You don't really have a whole lot of control, you're just trying, really you're just trying to regain your step, and Sure, it happened to be right above Sabonis's rib cage area. So he had to, he may have had to step on there. Could Draymond have stepped away, not on Sabonis, 
possibly, but I think that's also a little risky because, and, and I think it's a little unrealistic because when we look at this, I don't think Draymond, you're not thinking about that. And when, when, when he's getting up to run, cause it's a fast break, he's getting ready to go. And then someone's on his leg, regardless if it's intentional or not, he doesn't, he, he doesn't know where that leg's going to go. I mean, he, he just has to, he just got to gain his step. Happened to be right on Sabonis. I think that Sabonis started the whole thing with latching onto his uh, his ankle, and I think that I think Draymond getting suspended, ejected, and suspended. Am I surprised? No, I, I'm not surprised at all. Either of those things, I, I I knew it was coming. I told I was like told my friends I was like I expect Draymond to be suspended just because of who he is. Um, but do I think he should be? Absolutely not. I I think I think this whole situation is a little bit over exaggerated. Now, with the suspension and with them coming back to Golden State and, you know, it's probably going to be who, Kaminga in that spot now? Yeah, I would hope so. Small. It's probably Kaminga in that spot. That might honestly be better for you guys, J- just for this game at least. Let Draymond go. Let the emotions go. Let Steph kind of do his own thing. I don't know what has been with Steve Kerr in the road, you guys in the road. I have no clue if you guys just don't even know how to travel. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But when you're at home, it's going to be two huge games. Mm-hmm. And now Draymond's not going to be there for game one. He's not going to – is he even going to be in the building? I don't probably, know. Probably not. I haven't heard anything, but I, I doubt not. he'll be in the building. But, I mean, I, it, it's it's turning into a must-win game because I don't think you want to go down 3-0 no. with three games still – or two games still in Sacramento. Um, I think staff's going to have to step up. Clay's going to have to step up. Jordan Poole, come on now. We paid him in the offseason. I think if if mm-hmm. anybody needs to step up on the Golden State Warriors right now, it's got to be Jordan Poole. I mean, mm-hmm. there's much talk as there's been with his name this season. He's going to need to step up, and he's going to need to make some plays against Sacramento, who seems to be, you know, a nice run-and-gun style. Mm-hmm. And Mike Brown seems to take that Golden State style, and they translated it very well. They did. I think. I think the Kings. I mean, from what we've seen in the first two games, the Kings look more like the experienced team that has maybe won the finals before, and we look like the team who hasn't been in the playoffs for seventeen years. I mean, it's it looks very backwards. This the Warriors don't look experienced. They're they're playing like they've never been there before. Um, as for Jordan Poole. 100% agree with everything you said about him. He has been very disappointing for the Warriors, very inconsistent all season. And in the playoffs, he hasn't done anything. His shot's inconsistent. He's very sloppy. If I could describe Jordan Poole in one word, I honestly think it would be sloppy. And that's not to say that he can't be great. I'm not saying that Jordan Poole can't be great because I we've seen flashes and we've seen what he can do, especially last season. But what we've seen so far this year after getting his extension in the offseason Jordan Poole has been very sloppy and very inconsistent um, on every end and aspect of the he his dribbling, his finishing, his shooting, all of it. It's it, his his he's trying to make passes and then the ball goes. I mean, when when you look at a guy when when the Warriors need a bucket to end a quarter or or the timer's about to go, and then Jordan Poole's got it, I fully expect him to lose the ball. And we've seen it happen so many times. Jordan Poole has to step up. Now, it's tough for me to think that who knows if he really will. And that was like the whole thing with the Warriors because I heard a lot of people, they're going to flip the switch. 
Well, and so my whole – the Jordan Poole thing, he closed the season very strong. I mean, if you look at his game log, I mean, he – closing out the season 33, 27, 21, mm-hmm. 27, 17. And mm-hmm. then he had a game against Sacramento April 7th. He didn't do Eight good. points, he shot 0 of 10. Yeah, that game was horrible. I remember that one. Ooh. Portland comes back, shoots 7 and 9, 21 points in 17 mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. And then Sacramento, 4 of 10 and 1 of 7. Mm-hmm. So, like, the only thing that I'm looking here is he's looked decent. Sacramento might just have his number. Like, I don't know what it is that Sacramento's doing that in the last month, the only team he has bad games against is Sacramento. Mm-hmm. The Kings have been playing surprisingly amazing defense, especially this series, because they were not the best of it. I mean, that was what a lot of people had questions about the Kings. Their defense is not is it, it might it's not as good as other teams and that's going to be what holds them back but the kings have clamped up the warriors and they have made they have made us look so inexperienced i mean that's like the best word i can describe how this team looks like when i look at what the kings are doing to us it looks like we've never been here before and you would not expect that from us the kings have been putting on a defensive clinic which i really didn't expect at all and jordan pool is going to have to, I mean, with Draymond out, I mean, obviously different roles, but we just, we're going to need, we need everything now. And, you know, every game from now on to must win game going down three Oh, it's likely going to be pretty much over even three one. I don't like our chances down three one. I think the warriors need the next two games or else I would pretty much call this series a wrap if they can't secure both home games and they just got to take it one game at a time. But and also from what I've seen from the Warriors, we play really good on the on at home. We we know that. And they play really weirdly bad on the road. And I don't understand. I'll never get that. These are home games. And right now the series is going how it's supposed to. Sacramento won their two home games. Now we got to answer back and win our two home games. And we're right back in it. And if we play like we have this season at home, it will be very good. But if we play like we did these last two games... I don't expect it's going to be ugly. Now, the one big thing I want to look for game three, aside of all the Draymond drama, Mm. all the talk for game one was how well your fans were going to travel to Sacramento. Mm -hmm. I saw those games. That atmosphere was electric. Oh, yeah. That atmosphere wasn't Golden State fans, though. Mm -mm. Sacramento showed out in droves. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you worried any bit of Sacramento fans? You know, first time in 17 years, I made the playoffs. Are you worried about them coming down to Golden State and maybe making it more of a not home court advantage for you guys? I think that's a I think that's a total valid concern. This Sacramento Kings fan base is unreal. I mean, even watching the first two games, I don't know how many times I've heard a stadium erupt that loud in my life. I mean, that stadium was so loud. You described it as electric, and I couldn't agree more. It's a two-hour drive. It's very close. They're right up the road. And those fans could easily make this drive out here. Um, And I would hope that they don't. And I hope that the Warriors in the Bay Area fans, and and they can show out for this game, and the Warriors have – you know, historically and, and recently they've had a very good home crowd. It's loud at Oracle and now at the Chase Center, it's very loud. We need the fans there. If the Kings fans show up and we have a 50-50 split, it's not going to be that home court advantage that we've been seeing all season. Um, 
it's a little concerning because they're so close. Obviously, they're right up there. Um, I just, I guess that the, I, there's not much I could do, but besides hope and pray that the Kings fans want to watch this one from their couch. Oh yes, uh, yes indeed. <laughs> uh, so, but ultimately, I want to just ask you: Do you think? What do you think the result of this series is going to be ultimately? I mean, looking on going off a of game one, game two, what I've seen, Draymond now missing game three. I think you guys lose game three. I think you maybe win game four when Draymond comes back and then Sacramento closes it out in five. I think it's going to end up being a gentleman. And I don't know where you guys go as a franchise from here. That's a pod for another day. We probably could do a whole pod on that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if this is the last series you might see this Warriors dynasty. You might see, you know, the team split up. You might see the team go a different direction. I don't know what's in the future, but I think after gentlemen sweep, you might be seeing a different Warriors team. I think I think a gentleman sweep is probably what will happen. Um, I could see us dropping one of these games at home and then going back to Sacramento and losing uh, game five. And a gentleman's sweep in favor of the Kings is hopefully some sort of wake-up call for the front office because they they definitely had moves that they needed to make this year um, and, and things that needed to be done that they didn't end up doing. The biggest thing, like you brought up, and again, I won't get too far into this, but we've seen this core together, all three of them, Steph, Clay, and Draymond now. I mean, they were... Draymond was the last one drafted in 2012, so it's been a, a decade now of these guys together, four championships under their belt. And it's it's interesting to think about, if is this the last run with the three of them? Steph obviously isn't going anywhere. Um, then you get into the Clay Thompson talks, which, I mean, I don't think Clay Thompson will be going anywhere. I think he will remain a warrior, honestly, for the rest of his career. But the one that's interesting is Draymond, and obviously that makes the most sense. Draymond has gotten the Warriors in difficult situations time and time again. We could talk about 2016 finals, which, again, rigged, but I'm not going to go there. Um, it's kicking Steven Adams, the series before that one. Um, just so in this one, obviously, I mean, there's just so many different times he gets involved punching Jordan Poole in the face punching oh that's how did I forget that punching Jordan Poole I mean the season starts with the Draymond altercation and the season ends with the Draymond altercation I don't know yeah <laughs> I don't know how much yeah exactly so that was probably one of the worst ones so Draymond's always we we've kind of looked past it and it's okay to look past it because w- you you get these bads with Draymond you get the punching of Jordan Poole you get the the kicking of private areas in some people but you also get the heart of Draymond in the defense in the defense of Draymond and all these things that he brings to the court. We've kind of been able to look past because we've been able to win championships, but now with him not getting any younger, the team not getting any younger um, and this dynasty looking like it's on the tail end and they only have a few more years left to make it work with Steph. It, it, it will be interesting to see what the front office does with Draymond because of all these things that we've seen transpire in the past with him. Is it worth it to hang on to him? Is it worth it to pay him the money to to keep putting up with the antics? Or do we he do we finally move like on? a J-, J Crowder? Yeah. Exactly. PJ Tucker. Hop around yeah. the league. Mm-hmm. That could be it. 
that I mean, who knows? And I, I'll be forever, forever grateful for what Draymond did for us. I mean, without him, we don't win a lot of these championships. Um, but it's definitely a conversation that's going to be had. I mean, I mean, this that's going to be the talk of the the Warriors offseason, too. I, I don't this could be the final series, if not this one, maybe the next one. Um, because we're not getting far after the second round, if anything. But um, this could be the final series we see this uh, this Warriors core play together, which is sad for me, well, at least. <laughs> speaking of the second round, I mean, you would end up probably playing who? The winner of the Lakers-Grizzlies, Lakers, I think. Lakers-Memphis game, and that's tonight. So if we want to get into those games. Let's do it. Um, Lakers got a 1-0 series lead. Uh, John Morant is... I, I heard oh, that oh what what are we he's a game time decision mm-hmm. that is the official Jordan Poole update two hours before game time game time decision or not okay. Jordan Poole John John Murray. Murray. I was like what <laughs> yeah George the uh, Lakers look damn good game one I mean Rui Hachimura looks I mean that's everything you wanted from the trade deadline Austin Reeves looks like a legitimate piece yep Anthony Davis and LeBron are going to be able to bang down low. If you can get, sorry, go ahead. If you can get any, any sort of production from Schroeder, uh, D'Angelo Russell off the bench at all, this Lakers team could be dangerous. And you could be looking at a LeBron led Lakers team as a seven seed sneaking their way into the Western conference finals. It's a very valid point before the playoffs started. And when, when they were playing the Timberwolves in the playing game, I had a lot of confidence in the Lakers, confidence that I didn't necessarily want, but I had that confidence in the Lakers. Um, After seeing the play-in game, they won, but I wasn't that impressed. I thought to myself that this team is not what I was thinking that they were, and they they were not looking that good at all. Fast forward game one against the Grizzlies. They look really good. You got contributions from everybody on the team. Obviously, you need AD to be healthy. You need the entire team to be healthy, really. But they have contributors. The Lakers do. And the Lakers are the better team in this series when they play their best, which if they keep playing like they did game one, this team is going to come out of this series. I really I really do think that. Um, obviously, a lot of this is going to depend on John Moran as well. We don't know when he's coming back, if he's going to play tonight. Um, but the Lakers are very good. And for a seventh seed, they can make a whole lot of noise. Um, I think as a Warrior fan, if we hypothetically made the second round, I would rather be facing the Grizzlies. Um, but I do think the Lakers are going to come out of this round. Maybe a lot of it depends on John Morant, but maybe five or six games. I don't see it going seven. I think the Lakers might sweep. Interesting. I think. I mean, John Morant's a game time decision tonight. The report <laughs> after the game the other night was he couldn't unroll a ball of socks with his right hand. He's not playing. <laughs> I'm sorry, even if he does play, he's not going to be the explosive John Moran. Mm-hmm. So that means you're leaning on Desmond Bain. You're leaning on Dylan Brooks. You're leaning on Jaron Jackson Jr. Steven Adams ain't there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can only lean on so many people so many times. Missing some key pieces, if they drop the second one in Memphis and you go back to L.A. with a 2-0 lead, what says LeBron and AD can't close it out in two games? I mean, I think you potentially may be looking at LeBron sweeping and getting some rust, mm-hmm. letting some other teams duel it out, and he maybe gets a couple days off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I, that's a very valid point. I don't think this. I don't think this will end in a sweep. I think the Grizzlies will steal at least a game. The Grizzlies, I'm not as high on them as, as a lot of people are, um, but I'm not ridiculously low on the Grizzlies. They're the third seed for a reason. Um, second seed, I'm sorry. They're the second seed for a reason. Um, they won games this year. They're scrappy. They're young. So they're, they're out to fight. And I think I can see the Grizzlies at least getting a game, if not two. Um, I definitely don't see it any more than that, but I'm not going to say I see it any less than that. But ultimately, I think the Lakers walk out of this round and make it to the semifinals. Um, so for tonight, because if I'm not mistaken, there are After three After that games. would be the Miami-Milwaukee game at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting game with a huge upset in the first game. You mm-hmm. had Giannis leave. You had Tyler Hero leave. Tyler Hero, report is earliest would be the finals. Yep. Giannis, I believe, was upgraded from doubtful to questionable earlier today. So another game time decision. Um, an interesting matchup, nonetheless. I mean, mm-hmm. Miami coming into it as, you know, one of the worst offensive teams in the league mm-hmm. threw up 130 points in game one. Mm-hmm. They also have never been able to guard Chris Middleton for some reason. And mm-hmm. that continues. So... If Milwaukee doesn't have Giannis, does Chris Middleton still ball out against the Heat, or will they be able to zone in on him? And does playoff Jimmy continue to be playoff Jimmy? Those are the questions. Mm-hmm. Let me hear your thoughts. This is a super interesting series. Giannis plays, Bucks don't lose a game. Honestly, I don't even know if they lose a game. I'm so I'm very high on this Bucks team. That's with Giannis. Okay, without Giannis, it's a very different story. This Heat team is scrappy. This Heat team is good. Jimmy Butler, we've seen him thrive in the playoffs time again. And one downside, I guess we could say, is we all saw Tyler Hero go down, broken hand. Um, So he won't obviously be there in this series. Without Giannis, I think we have a fair fight. I think this is a very, very close matchup with the Giannis-less Bucks and the full strength, I guess, Tyler Hero-less Heat. Um, and I think I can see this going seven with no Giannis with a, maybe six. I think Miami wins this series. If Giannis doesn't play another game. Now, if we're just looking at tonight, Giannis plays bucks win. I'm just so high on this team. I don't see the bucks losing with Giannis. I, I just, I don't see anybody really being able to contain him. Um, and it all depends on if he plays, if they'll get out of this round. But if Giannis is there, which I think he will be for the rest of the series, you know, barring anything else that happens, I think the Bucks walk out of this one. Depending on if how many games he plays, my game, my number of games will fluctuate. But I got the Bucks here. So Miami has the one zero lead. Mm-hmm. I've been very skeptical about Bam Adebayo for years now. Mm-hmm. If Bam Adebayo wanted to step up and make a name and make himself known as one of the Miami greats, mm-hmm. this series is where he starts to cement it. Mm-hmm. Giannis or not, he needs to either shut down Lopez, he needs to shut down Portis. If Giannis plays, he needs to shut down Giannis. This mm-hmm. is going to be very dependent on Bam Adebayo and Bam Adebayo's success. Mm-hmm. Playoff Jimmy's going to be playoff Jimmy. I think he'll be able to still contribute well. You're looking at, like I said, Chris Middleton. Um, Drew Holiday did not have a good first game. Drew Holiday nope. shot very poorly. 
Mm-hmm. He's been very streaky all year. I think this is going to end out being a seven game series hmm. with Giannis playing or without. It's going to go seven games. I think Milwaukee, though, does end up moving on. I don't think Miami's going to have the strength to go seven, all seven. Yeah. Um, I get behind that. My, I guess my final one will be I'm gonna go nah, Bucks in five or six. I'm, a, I'll go six. I, I, the Heat will get another game somewhere, but I, I got, I got Bucks in six, and I'm pretty confident with that pick. Um, with Giannis here, um, the night game, Timberwolves Nuggets. Give me the Nuggets. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say about that. I think the Nuggets are gonna win, and I'm, I'm not, I. I think the Nuggets, honestly, by some people, were even a little bit overrated coming into the playoffs. Um, they're just Jokic and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And, and the Timberwolves have talent, but they're just better. They've been better all year. Um, I don't see. I just got the Nuggets here, man. What about you? Same Nuggets all day. <laughs> um, I mean, Minnesota's been in a free fall the last two weeks of the season. Oh, yeah. I mean, punching each other, punching balls, breaking your hand, not traveling to a play-in game because their team's making you sit at home. Uh, Anthony Edwards does not look like he wants to show up to the bright lights right now. Nope. He has not performed in the play-in game. He did not perform. I mean, Anthony Edwards is going to have to show up if he wants to. Denver's an interesting team come these later rounds, but I think they end up winning the series four, maybe five if Anthony Edwards goes off in a game. I agree with that 100%. They will be interesting come the later rounds, but right now it's a pretty simple decision. Tomorrow, we already talked about the Warriors, um, the Warriors and Kings. Um, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that my, I'm just going to talk for another quick second about it. I have a feeling that my Warriors are going to pull this one out. I do. I think the Warriors can pull this one out. Game three, no Draymond, fire under them. Chase Center's going crazy. Clay Thompson drops 70. <laughs> I'm just playing. But we're going to need those guys to step up, obviously. I can see a world where the Warriors win this game. Who do you think wins game three? I I think it's going to be interesting with the rotations and what Steve Kerr puts out on the court. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Sacramento is going to end up winning that game in the end of the day and be mm-hmm. 3-0, and then Golden State will win game four, and then Sacramento close it out at home. Mm-hmm. But I think just Sacramento and what they've played right now is just looking fantastic to me. And I don't think Jordan Poole – I mean, Kaminga might have a good game, but I don't know if Jordan Poole is going to be able to contribute off the bench and get you guys that extra boost you need to compete with that offense in Sacramento. Jordan Poole might be the biggest X factor of the series for the Warriors. I mean, that bench spark, they need that guy off the bench that to put points you're up. Gonna need, you're going to need a Curry, like, 50-point game. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it is going to take some heroics. You're going to need a 50-point game. You're going to need like a Clay Thompson 17-point quarter, something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You you might be right. Um, Next game, our game before that, 430 uh, that day, Sixers-Nets. This has been an interesting series. Eh, Maybe not. Sixers up 2-0. They're the better team overall. They got Embiid, the potential MVP, um, who will likely become the MVP in the coming weeks. I could see a Sixers sweep here. And I'm 
I'm trying to remember before the playoffs if I said Sixers sweep or Sixers in in five, but I could just see a Sixers sweep happening. Well, and I think at the trade deadline when Brooklyn made all their moves, they weren't really saying, hey, we're going to put a product out there that's going to compete this year. 100%. I think if anything, Brooklyn might be more upset that they fire sold and didn't tank as much as they did. Mm -hmm. Mm Because really they sold and then they got some good pieces back. I mean, Mikel Bridges, I love his game. Mm -hmm. Cam Johnson looked very good. Mm-hmm. I like those pieces they have, but they're missing a true superstar. They're totally. missing a Kevin Durant. They're missing a Kyrie Irving. They're missing, you know, that piece, obviously. But I think they're kind of just selling. I think Philly has the momentum. Mm-hmm. Embiid should be winning the MVP. I don't necessarily agree. I mm-hmm. think it's Jokic's for the taking this year. Um, but Embiid, most likely, based off media preference right now, will be winning the MVP. I think they sweep, and I think mm-hmm. they see a tough Boston team. Yeah. I think – and just to add a little bit off what you said about the Nets at the trade deadline, that's what – yeah, nobody really expected this. Um, with the piece – and they got back solid pieces, but nobody was thinking about, oh, the Nets got back some pieces. Maybe they can make a run. That was not going through anybody's brains. The point – they shipped out their stars, and they got pieces in return to build off of. They ended up at the sixth seed. Good for them. They don't really stand a chance against any of the top teams in the East, in the West, anywhere. They're just not that good yet, and that's not a problem. That's not their goal. Um, well, it's every team's goal, but we all know what I mean. They're 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 not striving for that right now. Their their goal is to really build off this, build off the guys they got, and gear up for the next season. But I think this is a good sign to see that you got guys like Mikael Bridges. You got these guys who are stepping up now. Fighting in the playoffs, which I think is good, give them a little bit of experience there, even though they might just get blown out and swept. But it's a good thing overall to have these guys in the playoffs now with the team that they have and only getting better as time goes on. So I think it's it's fine for the Nets. Nets fans, I wouldn't really be worried um, about getting swept because we all know it'll probably happen anyways. Um, next game after that, Suns Clippers. That's a really good series. Um, might be the second best series, or maybe probably the best series. Actually, I mean, this is probably the best series. Suns and Clippers, um, could go either way. We Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul's first ring, whole lot of storylines in this series. Um, where do you lean? So, my breakdown, just real quick, of each team. Yep. This is a Chris Paul legacy year. Mm-hmm. This is the best team Chris Paul's ever going to have. This is the closest Chris Paul's ever going to have to a championship team. If Chris Paul wants to cement himself in the minds of people as a top point guard of all time, he needs to win and he needs to do it this year. Enough of this, never making it out of this round, never doing this. I hear Chris Paul's name and everyone's hawks. He's a top five point guard. I need some success to prove it. And this is the year you have Kevin Durant, you have Devin Booker, you have Torrey Craig dropping 20 a night. Like, you need to make sure you're leading this team to a championship this year. And I think Kevin Durant's looked fantastic after coming back from this injury. I think he's been able to mesh well with this team in the short amount of time they've had together. Um, I think Devin Booker's looked well. Torrey Craig's played extremely well. Um, Clippers are an interesting team. They're supposed to get Paul George back next round. Mm-hmm. So if they get out of this round, they get that much more dangerous. This round, I mean, you got Russell Westbrook. 
Everybody loves a little Russ, right? I mean, <laughs> game one, you go three and 19, you take over the game in the last two minutes and you win. Mm -hmm. Last night, he played well, mm -hmm. but they didn't really win. Nope. Why? Kawhi's been the poster child of load management. Yeah. I'm going to kind of do what I need to here or there, get me to the playoffs, and then go. Kawhi's playing all these games. I mean, I don't know how much Ty Lue is ever going to take Kawhi out of a game. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think Kawhi is, let me coast, get to the playoffs, and then I'm going to go. And mm -hmm. he's looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. oh, Kawhi has looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. But just with Paul George missing, I mean, there's just something missing. And I don't, game one, you know, they won and, Russell shot. It's a great story, but I just don't see them being able to compete with Phoenix for a seven game series without Paul George. Mm -hmm. If Paul George were to come back to like tomorrow, game three, then it's interesting, but he's not. Mm -hmm. Rumor has it. It's next series. I think Phoenix is going to end up winning. I think it does go though six or seven. Mm -hmm. it, it is going to drag out. It's going to be a fist fight. It's going to be, you know, we're going to leave the like knives at the schoolyard. Like we're going to go scrap it up. Mm -hmm. They're going to be a seven game series, but I think Phoenix is going to end up winning it. A lot of good points. And I pretty much agree with all of them. Um, as for Chris Paul legacy year, of course, um, we haven't seen Chris Paul win a championship yet. That's always the talk. You bring up best players to never win a ring. Chris Paul's name is always mentioned. He's trying to change that. Um, this is the best team that he has ever played with. This is the best team he will ever play with. Um, stars everywhere, guys who can do everything. Chris Paul running the offense, playmaking. Then you got two, I mean, the best scorer in the NBA, and Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, one of the best scorers in the NBA. DeAndre Ayton able to grab those boards down low, bang around a little bit. I mean, saw Torrey Craig. And, and the concern when they traded for Kevin Durant, they gave up a lot. They gave up. They gave up a lot of depth, which is something that they were kind of known for. They gave up defense, and their defense isn't amazing by any means. But their depth is what they have now is doing enough for them, and that's what kind of not. I don't want to say shocked a lot of people because they have such a good lineup, but it's they're playing very well with what they have, and they don't need that crazy depth that they had. They don't need those you know elite elite defenders. The Suns are the better team on paper, and they're the better team when they play. That first game was was a good was a fun one with Russell Westbrook having a horrific shooting night. But with those last couple minutes, with that final play where he he got the block and threw it off, uh, uh, who did who did throw that one? Off? Was it Booker? Booker? Yeah, yeah, Booker threw it off Devin Booker. The ref and he threw yeah. it off. Yeah, that was funny, dude. That was like that was perfect. That's like street ball type stuff. That was awesome. Um. So it's, it's great to see that. Like I said, a lot of storylines. This is going to be a good series. I could see it going six or seven for sure. Um, but again, it comes down to Paul George, the second best player on the Clippers, the all-star Paul George. He's not there. And that's going to make a difference when you're going up against Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton. You're going to need that guy. You're going to need that all-star who can defend elite at an elite level and who can score at an elite level. You're missing that. Kawhi Leonard is doing a fantastic job right now. I mean, he looks because Kawhi Leonard's kind of had a quiet season, not a whole lot of talk, especially after that injury. Um, 
Kawhi is lighting it up right now. Will it be enough? I don't think so. I see the Suns getting this in probably six games, I'm going to say. Um, again, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a good six games. I don't think we're going to start seeing the Suns blow them out every game. Um, I don't think Kawhi is going to let that happen, but I see the Suns ultimately getting this series probably in six games. Um, the Clippers are missing Paul George right now. Yeah. And the interesting about depth, when you talk about, I mean, Phoenix, like I, I get depth come regular season, but when you get to the playoffs, there's only mm-hmm. so many minutes in a game. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly. you're not going to sit there and you're not going to play Kevin Durant 32 minutes. You're going to play Kevin Durant 37 to 40 minutes a game. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. It's playoff basketball. These next two months are going to be to the grindstone. You're going to be playing players out, maxing them out. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think depth is as good. I mean, you get to this time of year and you usually tighten it up. Most teams run uh, what a seven, seven eight man rotation seven, at yeah. this point. Mm-hmm. So totally. I don't think depth is really as big as an issue as people think. Mm-hmm. when it comes to this point in the year now right. if there was an injury or something like that obviously but at that point you're still dealing with the talent of that injury loss mm-hmm. i think depth though isn't really an issue and i think phoenix is gonna have a nice little run this year you're right uh teams they 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 shorten their rotations. I mean, even yesterday, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant both played 44 minutes. That's a whole lot of minutes. And that's not going to, I mean, that's probably not going to be the first time we see them doing that this postseason. They need the stars out there. You got 16 games to win. You want to go out there and win them. You got to play your stars. So, yes, the depth isn't as concerning. They got through the regular season. Every game with Kevin Durant, they won in the regular season. So they're looking good. Now, hey, we're in the postseason. We're going to shorten up these lineups and we're going to play our stars and we're going to go out there and win. So I definitely see the Suns coming away with this series. But uh, Phoenix is good, man. Phoenix is is they're, they're a good team. And it, I don't know if I want to see them win, but uh, they're very good. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Celtics and Hawks. Your team, Boston. Um, <laughs> for me, pretty simple, I think. It's kind of like a Nuggets, Timberwolves type thing. Um, but a little worse. I'm a big Trey Young fan. You know that. Um, on our one of our other pods that we had, we had a little talk about Atlanta. I still, if well, they're gonna have to keep their core because there's rumors that Trey might not even be there, which my thing would clearly be wrong. But I, we had a conversation that Trey Young and in, in, in the Hawks would not make a top four seed or, or five seed um in the playoffs within the next couple of seasons, and I think that they would. Now. I'm a fan of Trey Young. I'm a fan of him in the postseason, although his last couple postseason games have not been very great. Um, I can see the Celtics sweeping, sweeping, just sweep, 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 sweep all over the floor with the, with the Hawks in this series. Uh, what do you think? Get your brooms ready. Get your brooms ready. Start sweeping. It's going to be a 4-0 sweep, nice and easy. Trey Young's mm-hmm. going to be on his way to Cancun by the end of the week. Yeah. Like we're just going to get this over with, get it done with. We're going to go on to the next round. We're ready for Philly. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. looking at this and we discussed it at the beginning of the year, Deontay Murray, he's looked good. He's mm-hmm. played well. Um, Trey Young, I said next couple of years, they will never sniff a four seed or better in the East. Yeah. I mean, you're dealing with Boston, you're dealing with Milwaukee, you're dealing with Philly. I think the East is going to be very competitive in the next couple of years. And I don't think they sniff that. Mm-hmm. I stand true to that. I think Trey Young's last eight playoff games, Ooh, look at brutal. the stats. They're, brutal. they're horrible. 
Mm-hmm. He went from a Eastern Conference Finals run where I think we crowned him, Trey Young, a little too early. Mm-hmm. Now he's come back to earth, and now he's Trey Young. I mean, you, you get what you get. It's mm-hmm. not great defense. You get some good playmaking, some good shot ability. I don't know if he's a number one, though, on a competing team. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to end up having to be more of a role player like a Drew Holiday, where he can just go to a team and be a number two, number three player. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to lead a team. I think Boston's going to sweep. Boston has had a interesting couple games. I mean, we usually go up, you know, 25 points. Then the Hawks creep back up to like an eight-point lead. And then we kind of say, oh, we're going to turn on the Jets for the last 10 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, we're playing a weird eight-man rotation I kind of like right now where mm-hmm. most of our playmaking is at the guard position. Mm-hmm. And I, Derek White is looking next level. I said a couple months ago, people didn't believe me. Watch for him to be an all defensive player. I think mm-hmm. he might be a first, second team all defensive guard this year. Mm-hmm. And to me, he's creeping in the top five two way guards in the league. Mm-hmm. What he can do offensively and defensively, I don't know if I'm seeing that by any other guard in the league right now. Just his numbers blocking and what he can do. Derek White has just been next level with the Boston pickup that they got him up with last year at the trade deadline. And Jason Tatum's being able to just kind of be Tatum Brown with like his hand. It's not looking bad. I mean, he's performing well. He's shooting the ball. Well, you see at times he does look affected by it. He's looking at it, but Jalen Brown doesn't seem affected by that. And Robert Williams off the bench is crazy. And we have the potential six man of the year, Malcolm Brog. I mean, I didn't even mention him yet. Oh, and the defensive player of the year from last year. I mean, we're just kind of stacked at this point, and this team seems to be firing on all road cylinders. I think it's a sweep. I think we get some rest, and we go into Philly for a bloodbath. I mean, that's what I see. The Celtics are probably the most talented team in the NBA in terms of all the guys that get minutes. They have talent everywhere, and obviously we're up there with with phoenix and their top guys but boston it kind of reminded me of the niners a little bit in a way they got contributors all over the place although the niners don't have a quarterback but uh you know i mean they kind of do but um you know what i mean they have contributors everywhere they, they got a lot of good players players that are going to help you at the point guard shooting guard small everywhere on every aspect of the game when i think the other thing is their players are just so selfless like you hear mm-hmm. them talk and they know you know it might not be my night and mm-hmm. I might that's have to okay. play second fiddle. I'll have to sit back, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brockton hasn't started a game this year. That's so I was going to bring that up. He's real. Malcolm... He hasn't started a game this year. He could go somewhere else and start. Start. Oh, he's easily. saying, you know what? I want to be a part of something bigger. I want to be a part of a contributing team. I'll be a six man and run the second team. Sure. A hundred percent. Malcolm Brogdon is one hundred percent good enough to go start on a team and be a very good starting point guard for them run an offense for them. Um, I don't see Atlanta putting up much of a fight in this series. I think it's going to start to get good for Boston next series when you go against the probably future MVP in Joel Embiid. Um, Boston's just good. They're, they're so good. And it's ultimately it's when we see when we talk about who's going to come out of the east there's a, obviously probably top three teams that we're looking at but boston is right in there and 
I don't know. I I my my pick before the year was Bucks and I stuck with the Bucks and I'm talking to a Celtics fan and uh I got you believing. I got you <laughs> The Celtics are good, man. They're good and I see them clearly walking out of this series and um waltzing into the second round, but um as for the as for the Hawks, obviously the rumors, there have been rumors that Trey Young may not even they're they're looking they're they were listening to Trey Young offers I heard um that would that would throw me off I did I would have never really thought that um and as for when you said that Trey Young might thrive more as a second op- or kind of like a second option or like a Drew Holiday I could see that in the sense of kind of like a uh a James Harden and I think that it's when we see James Harden now I think James Harden obviously he's not putting up the numbers like he was back in Houston with that 36 points per game or whatever but James Harden is playing his role with the with the 76ers right now. And this is James Harden's best chance to win a championship. Um, probably the best team that he's been with. Well, the Nets were insane. But the most fitting team that he's been with. Um, and this is his best chance to win a championship with the with his style of play. He's James Harden has always been an underrated playmaker. He's he's a fantastic playmaker. Um, and he can obviously score the ball. Now he may not be doing these things as much because he's not the number one he's not the star player running a franchise anymore but that's okay you don't need that all the time he wasn't going to do anything in houston they almost beat the warriors back in 2017 which they probably should have um but james harden with the sixers right now that is what i'd see so when i think of kind of what you said that's kind of what i think of and maybe trey young would thrive in a role like that i think i still give trey young a chance because we saw him so young Play the villain kind of of a of a of a playoff run, and a lot of especially New York, they were hating on him. Um, but he led his team to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I mean that's not an easy thing to do. That's no joke. And he led the team. It's not like he was kind of having bad nights and everyone was picking him up every night. He led that team to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I think it's a little too early to potentially say that Trey Young won't do anything as a number one. His defense is for sure something to be concerned about. Um, but overall, I think Trey Young still has potential to be that that guy. Hopefully he picks it up because, like you said, his last eight or so playoff games have been pretty, pretty bad. Um, but ultimately, Celtics and probably four. Um, for the final game, the one that we haven't talked about yet, the Cavs and Knicks. This is a really good series. This is interesting. My pick before the before the uh, playoffs started, I had the Cavs. Uh, I think I had the Cavs in six, I want to say. Um, I think the Cavs are just the better team. I think the Cavs are the more complete team. But the Knicks, the Knicks got scores, and they got contributors. Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel Quickly, who is him and Brogdon are the two guys kind of going at it for six-man, who actually might win it. I mean, I, there's a lot of people out there it, maybe it's a little bit of recency bias, but Emmanuel quickly is right in there. Real, real quick. Do you think it's just runaway Malcolm Brogdon? So I think I, I personally run away Malcolm Brogdon. If you look at the stats, Malcolm Brogdon didn't start one game. He mm-hmm. sat, he was off the mm-hmm. bench every game. He was a true six man. Mm-hmm. Quickly yeah. stats yeah. were very much inflated by starts. He had over 24 starts. Yeah. So when you start a quarter of the season, you're going to have those inflated stats and you're going to have better stats looking. But even with those inflated stats, Malcolm Brogdon still is out shooting him, out scoring him, out rebounding him, out assisting him per game. Mm -hmm. 
you know, even with the inflated stats, Brogdon is still the better option game in and mm-hmm. game. In. Yeah. So I would still go with Brogdon, but New York media, don't get me started on New York. Media. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, looking at this series, I mean, it is an interesting series. You do have some bigs, you have some guards. I mean, you have a little bit of everything in between. Spida had a huge first game. Darius Garland had a huge second game. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson looks like a very good player. Dallas Mavericks and Mark Cuban need to be kicking themselves in the butt. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jalen Brunson leaving to New York, probably the worst thing to happen for Luka. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be a good point guard there. Tom Thibodeau, though, what the hell are you doing? Even your starters in down 30 with three minutes left, and you're going to have Julius Randle taking a wipeout underneath the like hoop? What is that? And you Bad have Derrick Rose on your bench. Do you not remember, you know, like, know. Tom, what you doing, my guy? Bad, bad decision. Ultimately, the better team here prevails. I think Donovan Mitchell is mm-hmm. really that guy at, you know, point for Cleveland. I think he'll be yeah. able to, you know, elevate them. I think they end up winning in six. Mm-hmm. But the Knicks. They're not they a team to sleep on. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're frisky. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a frisky team. But yeah. I, I think Cleveland ultimately is going to win this one. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, taking the words right out of my mouth. I think Cleveland. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell is the best player in this series. I I like the Cavs lineup of completeness. I think they have a very solid team. One of my friends actually picked them <laughs> to win the to make it out of the East, not to win the finals, but to make it out of the East. Um, I don't think it's going to go that far, but this Cleveland team is good, and and there's no sleeping on the on the Cavaliers right now. And I think ultimately they will end up winning this series. And I'll give the Knicks another game for sure because the Knicks are fighting right now and they're playing very well. Um, but ultimately, give me the Cavs in six here. <clears throat> so that's all the series, right? Yeah, I didn't forget one on my list here. We're uh we got all the series there. Me and uh, Kyle just went over each series who we think is gonna win, how we think they're gonna end up being two games into all of them, uh or almost all of them, and uh, it's NBA playoffs are so so fun. I mean, it's like it's obviously the the peak of about the basketball season. It's, it's when players are playing the most and when they're playing their best, um, and the best players you know have have great games and it's always fun to watch. Um, so NBA playoffs always a good one. We're going to switch gears a little bit, switch into a different sport here um, because there's a little news in the NFL world, uh, more specifically in the 49er world. Um, as a 49er fan myself, reports came out that the 49ers are listening to offers for Trey Lance right now. And boy, do I have a lot to say about that. Um, but I'll keep it brief real fast and just give my general opinions. And then I want to hear, I, I really am. I'm curious to hear how you feel about this. I'm very curious. Um, okay. Trey Lance. Uh, well, first thing I'm going to say is this. Kyle Shanahan could not have butchered this entire Trey Lance situation more. I mean, he, every time a, something happens with Trey Lance, it's just Kyle Shanahan screwing it up more and more and more. He's he's complete. He doesn't really. He seems very lost to me, and he doesn't know what he's doing, and he just makes impulsive decisions. It feels like, but Kyle Shanahan has screwed this up so badly. Let's take it through each step just a little bit. Keep it. We'll keep it brief here. 
trade three first round picks for uh, for the third overall pick ends up picking Trey Lance. Okay, so this is it was a win now team. They kind of needed a win now. Aaron Rodgers was available. Matthew Stafford was available. Tom Brady was available the offseason before. Guys were available, but no. So they traded three first round picks to go pick up a pretty inexperienced young quarterback with high potential, but inexperienced. Okay, so they draft him. Okay, let's give him a shot. Well, actually, let's not give him a shot and let's let him sit for the entirety of his first season behind some guy who doesn't even know what he's doing, who Trey Lance really isn't going to learn a whole lot from. Okay, so that's that's something in my mind doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So we're going to move on to season two. Trey Lance, starting job. Cool. I'm in. I'm stoked. Game, second game of the season after playing in a monsoon against Chicago, they're playing against Seattle. Kyle Shanahan decides to continuously run him up the middle. We know how that ended. Broken ankle for Trey Lance out for the rest of the season. Okay, here we are. Season ends with Jimmy Garoppolo ultimately leaving the season early because of a broken leg. Brock Purdy, mystery relevant, comes in, wins seven games. Looks very good for a rookie leading a team full of vets. I mean, he played very well. Now reports are coming out that Trey Lance it, that they're listening to offers for Trey Lance. And I just think if they were to trade Trey Lance and fully rely on Brock Purdy, I that I just think that is such a bad decision. I don't think it makes any sense. I think just because Brock Purdy played well for seven games, that doesn't mean Trey Lance lost all of his potential. He's still he's still drafted for a reason. Trey Lance is here for a reason, right? It doesn't mean he lost all this stuff. He's still here. So and 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 even if Brock, Pur- let's say they do go through with this, they trade Trey Lance, whatever. If Purdy's not the guy, what are you gonna do then? I mean, that's fireable stuff, and I wouldn't honestly be shocked. Any decision Kyle makes, I question right off the bat. But how are you feeling about the whole? What do you think about this whole Trey Lance situation? So, you know, my stance on Trey Lance, I don't think Trey Lance was ever the guy. I don't think Trey Lance ever will be the guy. I think Trey Lance from the get-go was an overrated pick. I think he was a reach. I think it was a horrible decision. I don't necessarily think that was Kyle's decision. Remember when everything was coming out, the smoke screens were Mac Jones, three Mm -hmm. to the 49ers. Mm -hmm. Honestly, you give me Mac Jones as a game manager, his rookie year on the 49ers, that's a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. I agree. From day one. I agree. Trey Lance never really had the college reps. Mm-hmm. I think COVID and all that stuff. I think he ended up playing one college game. So you weren't going off of a bunch of tape. You were going off of more of a prototype, more of a build, more of a, you know, let me see what I can see. Injuries happen. Sitting happens. You know, at this point now, though, I don't know how you can sit there and pay him as a number three pick overall to sit on the bench and back Mm -hmm. up the last pick in the draft. I mean, Brock Purdy to me is your quarterback moving forward. I don't think you bench him for Trey Lance. If anything, you could open it to a quarterback competition. But at that point, I would even bring someone in from the draft this year, grab someone in the third, fourth round this year and Mm -hmm. have it be a true quarterback competition. If that's what you want as Kyle Shanahan. Mm Mm-hmm. But if Kyle Shanahan wants to go a specific direction and Brock Purdy's that direction, paying Trey Lance for a third overall pick to sit on the bench, I don't think that's worth it. Now, the question comes, though, if they are fielding calls, if they are trying to trade Trey Lance, A, where? I don't really see any situations that people would really be like, we need this guy, Trey Lance. 
I think most teams are kind of good where they're at quarterback wise, unless someone's jumping around draft wise and wants to reach for him and Mm -hmm. say, instead of going for Anthony Richardson, I'm going to go for Trey Lance, who's a little more developed, a little more mature, a little more into the NFL already. Um, What also would you get for Trey Lance? Mm -hmm. I don't see Trey Lance returning back. I mean, people are having a hard time developing, you know, a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. The Jets don't want to trade a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. You're going to get a sixth, seventh for Trey Lance. I mean, you're kind of as an organization in a weird scenario where it's, you either cut your losses and say, we'll get a sixth, seventh round pick and just go with Brock Purdy or best case scenario. You want to keep him and he's your backup quarterback, but you're paying him how much a year. I think as a team, it's a weird scenario. I think personally, he's not the guy. I don't think he will be the guy. He's to me too far into a San Francisco tenure. I mean, he's never been healthy for a full season. He just, something always seems to get in his way and it might just be Kyle Shanahan. That might be the answer, but I don't think he is the future of the 49ers. Now, if that means they cut for a sixth round, seventh round pick, I don't know, but I don't see him as your starter going forward. It's interesting. I think I do think that it was. I I do think that ultimately it was it was Kyle's and John Lynch's situ, uh decision. I think I mean I I know Kyle's the coach, Lynch is the GM, but those guys are constantly working together. I think I think Trey Lance was Kyle handpicked him. I think Kyle really wanted it. Uh, wanted him. I think the Mac Jones stuff was not true. I do agree with you that I think Mac Jones maybe in his first year would have been better because Mac Jones was more NFL ready. It that was just true. He was more ready to play in the NFL than somebody like Trey Lance was who he actually he played one full season in college and that was it. He played one game of another and that was all. Um so one college season um I think it was a total of 17 games. So that's kind of what we were basing the entire thing off of. Um I think we and I, I was going to bring up what what's the trade market right now. I mean, you're getting good players traded for six round picks, fifth round picks. So what do you think a guy like Trey Lance right now, who like you also added, may not really be needed anywhere? Nobody needs Trey Lance right now. Um, he's not this proven star. He's not some really really hyped. Well, I guess he is kind of hyped up, but he's not this. Total, he's not this guy that somebody is like, really, oh, I got to go get Trey Lance. I don't know what we can get for him. Probably not a whole lot because no, no one's really getting a whole lot for trades right now. I mean, we're seeing star players get traded for for deep brown picks. Um, that's that's a no, that's another reason why I do believe that you, you ride it out with him. But also, he's never gotten the proper chance. Obviously, year one, he didn't play Year two, he played a game in a quarter and then ended up getting destroyed because Kyle doesn't know how to call the right plays. So he's never gotten the proper chance here. Jimmy takes over, then Purdy takes over, and now everyone gives Purdy the love. And I love what I saw from Brock last year. I mean, he played very well through the seven games, um, extremely well, more better than we've ever seen Jimmy play, better than we, what we've seen Trey do. He played really well, and I'm not mad at keeping him and, and him being the QB. But I think we owe it to Trey, and I just think it makes the most sense 
to let those two guys battle it out, have a competition in the offseason. Because like I said earlier, Trey Lance does not, he didn't lose all his potential. He didn't lose anything. He's still the, I mean, he's still the guy we picked at three overall, whether that was the right decision or not, he's still that guy. So him and Purdy back go. And, and, and now it's kind of, it, he's, he's kind of has a slight advantage in a way because of Purdy's arm injury too. Like if Purdy never even got injured, number one, we might be Super Bowl champions. But number two, Trey wouldn't really have a job to take. It would probably just be locked in as Purdy's. Now that Purdy's got this arm problem, Trey's kind of kind of opened the door a little bit. Now, okay, I can make my way back in here. We don't even know if Purdy's going to be ready for the playoffs or for the playoffs, for the, for the start of the season. We don't know that yet. We don't know when he'll fully be ready to start an NFL game. So I think it's, I think we need to, we let, keep them both, um, let one back up the other. Um, you also have Sam Donald as QB three, who I think ultimately is a very solid quarterback three. Um, but with those two guys, let them fight it out. And however you want to do it off season training camp, all these things, preseason, pick a starter, roll with them, see what they've got. Give Trey Lance his opportunity. That's all. You just got to give him his opportunity because he deserves it. We owe it to him. And also, I just think it makes the most sense. So do I think Trey Lance can be the, will be the guy for the 49ers in the future? I really don't know. I don't like to say yes, and I don't like to say no because I really don't know because we haven't seen enough from him at all for me to really dictate what I think he's going to be um, for the Niners. I think he can be, but I also think he might not be. So it really goes hand in hand. And I'm a believer that because I, 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 from things that I've seen, I think people underrate the games that he has played. I think a lot of people act like he, the games that he has played, he played really badly, which I just don't think is true. I don't think he played great, but I think he played pretty mediocre, which, and, and especially that came against the Texans two years ago, made a whole lot of adjustments coming into the second half. So I've seen things that I like from Trey Lance, but overall, I just think you owe it to him to give him the chance this offseason, let him battle it out, fight for that quarterback one spot, and then you go from there. But trading him, I think, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's how I feel. We got any other words on it? Nope, I'm good, yeah. Right on. Well, yeah, got ties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, right on, dude. That was that was a lot of fun. We're out of time here, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Um, before we end here, though, let the people know uh, where to find you at, man. Yep, on Twitter, social media at a game Kyle, where I live tweet, where I throw up polls, discuss usually Celtics basketball into Patriot football, every sport in between, and make sure you like, subscribe Zach's podcast here. Um, great, doing great. We're going to keep it up. Make sure you share those social media clips of us. Make sure we expand this. Right on, man. I appreciate it. You heard the guy like, subscribe, do all that stuff. That would be very much appreciated um, wherever you're listening on. But you know, you can find me on social media. You can find the podcast on social media on Instagram at the nightshift.pod, on TikTok at the nightshift pod, and on Twitter at the nightshift. Two T's at the beginning, two T's at the end. You can also find me on Twitter at Zach California there, always tweeting about stuffing. Be sure to go follow Kyle. Um, he's always got some good stuff. We're always chopping it up on Twitter, engaging with each other's stuff. So it's always a lot of fun. So go follow him and definitely go follow these social medias over here for the night shift and, and my in my Twitter and subscribe, like, leave reviews. Be be uh be real though. I want to know my I want to know how the pod is. So let me hear some real reviews, but five stars preferably would be nice. Again, Kyle, appreciate you coming on, man. It was a lot of fun. All right, appreciate it, Zach. Thank you. Yeah, man, everyone out there listening, thank you again. And that'll be it for me. 
I'm out. Peace. Oh, so